Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Hey guys, this is Ig, the president and CEO of Snark Industries, and you're listening to Comic Book Characters. This week, we talk about the potential for a King Kong vs. Godzilla movie, as well as the recently released Jessica Jones photos. We got another killer casting corner segment, and at the end of the show, Al talks about his experience at the Alamo City Comic Con. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to a new episode of Combo Characters. Let's do it. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred here. And as always, I've got my gracious co-host, the president of Snark Industries, president and CEO yep, of you. Snark Industries, the invisible, <laughs> invincible Ignacio. How are you doing, my man, over there in Boston, Massachusetts? I'm doing well, man. I think you forgot Incredible and you, Invi- okay. uh, Incredible. I feel like it was another one. Invincible, and invisible. You are something. definitely invisible. Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Um, ready to talk comics. I feel like it's been a while. Um, it, it's been, you know, it's been it's been a busy a busy last couple of weeks for both of us in our personal lives. Yeah. So uh, it's good to finally take some time here and go over the week in comic book news. Won't you please walk uh, into the Fortress of Potitude with us? <laughs> the Fortress of Potitude Studios, yes, which is where we record from. That's right. Believe it or not, and uh, yeah, we've got a lot to cover this week. Um, I've also just a heads up to everybody. I actually had the pleasure of going to the Alamo City Comic Con, the world renowned. Uh, the, yeah, world. Well, you know, I don't know if it's quite world renowned, but I did find out a, a real interesting statistic, which is as of this particular version of the Alamo City Comic Con. This is the third year they've done it. Um, now the seventh largest Comic Con in the country. Whoa! In just three years. So, well yeah, San Antonio. Land of tacos and nerds. Look at that, uh, man. It was great. Yeah. So we'll definitely get touch on that towards the back end of the pod. We've got a lot of other stuff to cover, and let's just get into it, man. Okay. So, I mean, I couldn't think of a better way to start off this podcast. Um we got two big bads two going big bads, at it. Two giants. Two Some titans. Literally giant titans of industry uh, within their genre. King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, so what's the context here? Because that's that's right. obviously the end. No, that's goal. it. I'm just gonna I'm just <laughs> saying their names and we're just dropping the mic and let's just talk no, about so it. So what happened? Yeah, but that's, what happened was Okay, so there's gonna be a King Kong movie coming out, uh, uh, Skull Island and and that's already in post, and, and that'll be coming out soon. That's done by Universal. Now, what happened in the last few weeks is that Universal, and we don't know why yet exactly, but they actually gave the rights to uh, King Kong over to Warner Brothers. And it's kind of funny because, you know, we have all of this discussion about, like, X-Men being stuck over at Fox and Spider-Man was at Sony and Marvel's trying to get these franchises back and so on. And here is Universal just giving... Warner Brothers King Kong. Just take it. Uh, not a big just take not it. a big franchise we, we, at all. Don't mind the, yeah, don't mind the fact that we're just putting out a multi hundred million dollar movie uh with King Kong. But obviously Warner Brothers is giving them something back. We don't know what it is yet. It hasn't been reported anywhere that I've seen. But here's the kind of cool thing. This is the, the really cool thing. Now that Warner Brothers has the King Kong property, they have the Godzilla property as well under their uh subholding le- uh legendary pictures. And now they can do a King Kong versus Godzilla film. And that's kind of what everyone has been, you know, scuttlebutting about. And that seems to be where this is all leading. Uh, just this morning, in fact, uh, I, I saw a report where now they've sort of augmented the script to the King Kong film to include the corporation that's featured in the most recent Godzilla film. Wow. 
So they're already kind of trying to connect the, the pieces, so to speak. But who cares about all that? King Kong versus Godzilla as a movie. I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, yes, I want to watch that uh, desperately. <laughs> uh, that would be yeah. so cool. I do kind of wonder, like, scale-wise, Godzilla is much bigger than King Kong, right? Much bigger. I mean, Godzilla is the size of a skyscraper, and King Kong very famously climbed the Empire State Building right, and right. fell off But that the was, like, so, original King Kong. He's probably grown a little bit since then, right? He's a little bit well, taller. I mean, yeah, but even to scale, I think best case scenario, you're talking like one sixth the size of Godzilla. Right. So his so best. They're gonna have to do. He's gonna have to there. climb Godzilla, what. unless unless we get like a mini Godzilla, to kind of even the, yeah. even the odds. Here. I mean, they could do it. I, the other thing, the, you could go the other way, and you could grow King Kong. You could make him bigger. Oh my God! Could you imagine a like skyscraper sized? King Kong? Kong? You know what it would be like? You remember that video game back in the 80s? Oh, my God. Uh, Rampage? Rampage. It's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. It'd be awesome. I, I, I want to see that. Like, I just want to see oh that my God. on the screen. The funny thing is, I, I don't they... know, and I really don't know this, but, like, it doesn't seem like Godzilla or King Kong has have been... I mean, I think the King Kong movie that Peter Jackson made was pretty was profitable, I would say. I don't, I don't really have the numbers in front of me. But I mm-hmm. feel like both of those series, since their kind of, like, original heyday haven't really had like a great moment since then you know what i mean like they've right both kind of their movies are off. their movies are profitable but they're not like buzzworthy right. and they're not killing it at the bottom they're not fast and the furious but right? this they're is not yeah this is the kind of movie that even if you're not a big king kong or a godzilla fan and i'm to be honest with you not a huge fan of either I would totally go first day to watch Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh yeah, midnight release, <laughs> yeah. no doubt in my mind. Here's the thing, uh, when we're talking about Rampage, what if they call it King Kong versus Godzilla Rampage oh or Rampage oh colon God. King Kong versus yes. Godzilla? Yes. I mean, there's your title. Yes. There's your title, Warner Brothers. Also, though, I do kind of wonder, like they've done so many of these versus movies. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the big ones being Freddy versus Jason and Alien versus Predator. And obviously, these are two, you know, big franchises, so no one can actually ever Mm -hmm. win in these in these battles. Mm -hmm. Do you think we'll actually get a winner in Godzilla versus versus King Kong? (sighs) Well, okay, so I feel like if uh, if you had to have a winner, it would be Godzilla. I would think Godzilla. You could keep making Godzilla movies forever. King Kong movies have been done, and it's really just kind of one story arc every time. You could probably Mm -hmm. kill them off. You could probably have Godzilla finally kill king kong because king kong dies right doesn't he die in every movie he generally he generally dies yeah, yeah. how is he even alive uh, that's the other question are we talking about like, baby kong are we talking about you know are baby, we going baby back kong in time? family yeah son of kong brother kong is there maybe? are we supposed to erase all the kong history are we starting from scratch here i mean i have a lot of questions i mean i'll put it this way kong's last feature uh uh, exposure or whatever or presence was in Pixels uh, as Donkey Kong. <laughs> not good. Not add that. By the way, did you go see Pixels? No, uh, I still haven't seen it yet. I I'm gonna have to get so loaded up with like one of those growlers. Of I'll watch theater. it, but I'm not. I don't want to pay for it. Like I don't want to go to the theater. <sighs> I definitely it. don't want to pay. I'll for watch it, it yeah. when it gets on Netflix, and I'll just have to get completely stoned out of my mind. But I'll, I'll maybe watch. maybe that's what we sh- maybe we should try to do like a live pod or a live tweet <laughs> when Pixels over at CBC lands CB on characters. <laughs> well, the thing is, doesn't Netflix have that big picture deal with Adam Sandler where he's doing like five movies for them or something I, like that? I wasn't aware. By of the that. way, that does not seem like a good deal uh, at this point. No, but you know uh, what, Netflix, Netflix is basically diversifying their portfolio if you will um that's true they realize that they gotta you know they're going for for a mass audience and they've been killing it by the way have you been watching narcos on on no i haven't i've heard it's i heard it's it's amazing uh it's excellent and like thinking of all the other shows that they've been just knocking it out of the park with daredevil yeah wet hot which is very much like a show for comic book fans it's not for everyone but like you and i both loved it um wet hot was great i mean orange is the new black is a fantastic yeah, I show. Just buy, I haven't, I'm only in season one of that, but I'm towards the back end of it, and it's, I, it's, it's really good. It's yeah, really, I mean, really well done Netflix show. has really been doing a great job, and this Narco shows is really good. I just started it two episodes in. Recommend it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I talked to a guy, and he said he watched, like, I don't know how many episodes there are, but I think he said he watched, like, six or eight, like, in a row. <laughs> like, he just got hooked, which, I mean, that's what Netflix does, man. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? That's a great segue uh, because... A new, so 
and I don't honestly know if we cover this on the podcast or not, but they did re- uh, re- announce the release date for Jessica Jones, a Netflix series. That's right, yeah. Uh, in... It's the next one in the Marvel kind of series of characters. It's going to be in November. Of this year. And of this year, so right. Very, very so, soon. like, just a couple of months. A couple of months, man. That's, oh, it's exciting. So they must uh, be in the can, right? I mean, the filming? I mean, they've, they're, it's gotta I be. mean, if they're not, if they're not completely done, they've got to be pretty close. Yeah. I mean, they've got to be working on post-production at this point. But uh, kind of going along with that, they just released a series of photos for Jessica Jones, and we get to see the title, the titular character, uh, Jessica Jones. That's a weird word to uh, say. We get to see, yeah, we get to see Luke Cage. We get to see David Tennant as Purple Man. Luke Cage tending bar, uh, apparently? Is he a bartender? Tending, uh, I mean, I guess. Okay. Uh, if not, he'd be an amazing bouncer. Um, what's funny is this, this showed up on my like Facebook feed as like Jessica Jones photos come out and they are, and then in all capital letters, amazing. So I was like, <laughs> Oh, I got to click on this immediately. And then it's basically like Kristen Ritter sitting on like a subway train, <laughs> like mm-hmm. looking at someone looking really angrily at something. Yeah, and like, yeah. okay, what is, I'm not sure what's amazing about this. Like no, nothing <laughs> from those photos would make you think it was even a comic book show. But whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's. I think it's because it's it's trying to do something similar to what Daredevil did, which was really take away a lot of the comic book element and just make it like this gritty and ground it. Yeah, right. This gritty, like just fucking almost like cop slash lawyer drama. And I have a yeah. feeling Jessica Jones is going to have a same the same feeling. But I don't know. Definitely. I, I hope. I actually I hope that's read the case. somewhere. Yeah, I read somewhere that they said this was going to be much darker in tone than even Daredevil. They hmm. said it's going to be the darkest of all of the Netflix series. So. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what... You know, Daredevil is already kind of a dark show, so... Literally. You like, know, you can't actually see lit- what's happening Yeah, during most we, of it. Well, because he's, you know, he's blind. We're, we're trying <laughs> to immerse the audience. Yeah. I will say that the, the photos from Jessica Jones, you can actually see what's happening in the images. So it, it seems like, like they've they got at least their, brightened up the, the image. Their lighting them. budget is under control this they've time. They've shot in sunlight, you know? A little change. Yeah, change maybe during the day. Or they, they use those really high lumens lamps, you know? They sprung for the extra bulbs. Um, yeah, man, it's amazing what a what a good lighting budget will do. Or, you know, shooting, like you said, shooting in the daytime yeah. is probably uh, beneficial to any film production. Uh, unless you're doing, like, a hell, hellscape film or something. I don't know. Or Hell's Kitchen. Um, is this set in hell, Hell's Kitchen, by the way? It is, right? It, I think so. Yeah. Uh, or at least in the neighboring borough, or you know, I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, you know, the the one thing that really got me though with the pictures is there's a picture with uh, Kristen Ritter, and she's walking, and there's like a woman walking next to her. Yeah. And I'm like, is that Carrie Ann Moss? Yep. And then I read the caption, it's like Carrie Ann Moss plays an unspecified character or whatever. I'm like, oh wow. I, I didn't know she was in it. Did we cover that before? Because I forgot if she... I know. If we knew... I, I had no idea. It was only until I saw that photo that I realized that Trinity is going to be in Jessica yeah. Jones. So, so, so we talking yeah, I mean, Matrix crossover here? Or what's what's oh, going on? Oh, where's Neo? Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Which brings me... Oh, it reminds me. I used to tease you about that constantly. Um, yeah, man. I really loved the Matrix back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like, I think you were so you loved it so much you were in denial about how terrible sec- the totally third. in denial so about in the denial. second and third. Film. And I was like trying to tell you, no, dude, they suck. And I made fun of the fact that Neo was dead, like to your face constantly. And it used to make yeah, you so I sad. A little, yeah, it did. It used to make me really sad. Yeah, sorry. The, it's kind of remember a there was a time when I wanted to to name my firstborn child Neo. Like, is that that's that gone? Is that time over? No, no, I think it's still on the table. Like Neo, but not just because Neo. I mean. But I, I, I get feel it. like Neo The Matrix like a... is one of those movies that's going to be very indicative of its time. Like, I don't think it's going to age that well, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, probably. It's so tech heavy. Yeah, the Neo is going to but... be like one of those names that's going to be like, oh. But nobody, I don't know anyone else named Neo. I don't know any little babies named Neo or yeah, little kids. I, I should probably Neo. tell you something. Oh, yeah, maybe. Can you believe that The Matrix came out 16 years ago? That's nuts. That's nuts. And I still think The Matrix, uh... the first one, was good, but... I, yeah, I have a feeling like that that whole series is just not going to age well. I don't think we'll look back on it and be like, "Oh, that that movie's just as That's good." It's possible. Now. You know who has not aged well? The Wachowski brothers directing abilities. Oh, Jesus Christ, seriously. Those have not aged well. I, Jesus, yeah. man. They're almost like They're M Night ascending. Shyamalan where it's like as good as The Sixth Sense was, it's almost like, "Well, was it really that good or what?" Like you go back and you're like, 
could is he actually capable of making a good movie? Well, see, and that's the thing. Like, I really, I do think The Sixth Sense is good. Just like I think The Matrix is really good. But like, if you keep making crappy films after, it makes people go back and then really nitpick. Yeah, it's it's the reverse of a rose-colored glasses. It's like shit-colored glasses. <laughs> right. So you like look at something that actually is good, but because everything else is shit, you're like, no, this actually kind of sucks now. Yeah. And M Night Shyamalan also made that's Unbreakable, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, I loved Unbreakable. It's that, there's a great superhero film. I know. Another Man, side it's, note it's on a, Shyamalan, really apparently. Realistic. After just a series of shit movies, the the movie that he just came out with is supposed to, supposed to be good. So anyway, yeah, the visit. Well, here's the thing. Here's my take on that, real quick. I haven't seen it yet, but I think they really limited his budget. His budget was like five million dollars. Right. Right. So they're just like, no, we're not giving you a hundred million dollars <laughs> to make fucking Lady in the Water. Like right, it's right. not happening. Um, and so they limited his budget and he had to go back to like what made him good or like what, you know, kind of having to scrounge around. It's not a crutch anymore. Yeah. You got to be creative. And, and, and yeah, that, that film's gotten pretty good critical response and, and pretty good commercial response. And maybe, uh, maybe we're in, uh, for, uh, M. Night Shalom Renaissance. <laughs> maybe. Shamashants? I don't know. The Shamashants. Uh, <laughs> the Shamashants. <laughs> Hashtag the Shamashants. I, the Shamashants. I think he's, he's in that situation where like people go in with such low expectations to watch his movies that like mm-hmm. if it's somewhat competent, they're like, oh, wow. Wow, that was actually not too bad. <laughs> oh, that guy can move a camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of interesting you bring up uh, Shami's because <laughs> there is a film out there. Yeah. That is now in need of a director. Oh, are you? Are we ready to, to step inside the casting corner? I think we are. Casting corner. Casting corner. Uh, every week we try to do this uh, as long as there's enough news. But yeah, uh, we got another bit of bad news related to the Gambit project, which Man, so far that, has that not looked good. Just the news that we've gotten. Uh, that film seems kind of snake bitten to me. It right does. Now, uh, right. But so was Ant Man, right? And that turned out okay. Um, true. So true. Gambit, uh, we we all you know we had the news that Chan- Channing Tatum was maybe considering dropping out. He's he's back in, but now we hear that the director has left. Always a bad sign. Uh, Scott um, or what's the guy's name? Let's see if I can have it here. Uh, Rupert Wyatt. Um, yeah, I'm not actually right. sure what Wyatt directed in the past, but he stepped away from the film. From the film, um, uh, apparently he said that it like con- conflicts with another project because they moved the project forward. Right. So if that's so, true, then like, okay, mm-hmm. that's a legit reason, but it could also just be mm-hmm. a cover for a guy being like, could yeah, be. I don't really want, I really don't want to be part of this. So supposedly this is what I hear. Maybe this is a good thing, right? Uh, what, what I've heard and read is that uh, Fox has decided to put, and actually I'm a little worried about this, but in theory, this is good news. They decided to pump up the budget. On Gambit. Right. I think the initial kind of response to Deadpool has given them maybe overconfidence as a studio. Um, oh, pardon me, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> hey, man, this... this, uh, this <laughs> what are you drinking? This beer I'm drinking is a little bubbly. What are you drinking? So I'm drinking a... Um, it's, like a it's like a mango ale. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me, dude? Who drinks mango <laughs> ales? Are you, What is that? I love okay. mango. Dr- love- <laughs> mango. I haven't even heard of that. I love mango. I love uh, I'm drinking Sam I'm- Adams Oktoberfest, which couldn't be more. Okay, awesome. that's a good yeah. one. I mean, that's solid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, where was I going with my? Oh, so no, they're Fox. They're pumping up the budget on Gambit. They're gonna add a couple of extra action set pieces. And and because of all of that, though, they're moving the production uh, by a few months. And supposedly, uh, Wyatt, the director or former director, said that that actually makes the film con- uh, conflict with another project that he really, really, really wants to do. And so he's dropping out of Gambit. That's that's the official story, you know. But you know how Hollywood works, and it could all be bullshit, and who knows. Um, and actually, I'm a little worried if Fox is pumping more money into the film. Like that, might, that's not necessarily a good thing to me. Um, um, if they're looking for a director, though, um, do you think Josh Trank throws his name into the? Uh... <laughs> oh my God! I would love to see a Josh Trank uh, directed Gambit. Would you really? Uh, I don't know. If um, well, would be too yeah. Happy about that. I don't. Well, I just think it would be. 
It would be kind of like a, like a revenge, you know, like a, like almost like a revenge thing. It would just be interesting to me. The resurrection of uh, Josh Trank. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's a good question though. And this is a good question to put out there to the CBC universe. Uh, who would you guys like to see uh, helm the, the, the camera for, for Gambit? But, but Eagle, let me ask you yeah. directly. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Who would you like to see? What are, who are some directors you would like to I see? I think take it's time to let Channing Tatum take <laughs> Tatum yeah? the camera. <laughs> that was bad. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. That was one of that the worst terrible. things I've ever said. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, this isn't like some you know established franchise. And honestly, Gambit is kind of a... I mean, yeah, he's a big character in X-Men, but he's not... I don't know. I mean, back in the '90s, he was super. He, he popular, had a moment. But I, mean, I mean, I remember that, yeah. and where he was like a big deal. But like, he's no longer that big of a deal. And yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know how attractive it is to have. You know who I would like to see take take it on? Honestly, is um, not. I mean, Brian Singer already does all the the X Men proper films now, but I would like to see Matthew Vaughn, who did X Men First Class. Yeah, he did Kingsman, which was phenomenal i i was i'm such a huge fan of that film uh and he's so good at directing action and comedy that way i i think he he would be my first choice to take and he has a good relationship with fox you know so um i would love to see matthew vaughn he'd be my first choice it'd be cool to have someone who had some had some connections to new orleans too because like i feel like that's one of the things that makes gambit an interesting character is that ah just, yeah just one okay. of the few guys that's from that area and like yeah. Honestly, it's like one of the coolest cities in North America, and it's got a lot of history, a lot of recent history, unfortunately, with, mm-hmm. with the hurricane. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think that there's a potential there to, to kind of. That's interesting. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe Ignacio, maybe you should throw your hat, your ha- uh, name in the hat. I'm not from New Orleans. So. Uh, but, I mean, you have the vision. Did you? This whole time you thought I was from New Orleans? Um, no. Oh. You know what though? They had a show called Treme. Yeah, I heard about that. That was show, set in yeah. New Orleans, and uh, maybe maybe one of those directors. So who, who directed or developed that? Well, it was David um, Simon. Well, but uh, David Simon cannot do a comic book movie. I don't think he would even be interested. He would make it too real, and like it would just be depressing and just about like <laughs> you know. Like, it would be that like, Gambit has a mutation, but the mutation is killing. Yeah. I mean, I, I just yeah, don't think, killing him. I don't think it would work, but. That's, I mean, honestly, I, think, I don't know much about Gambit, but like, I think it's cool that you have a comic book character who's actually from that part of the country because like, I don't know any other ones. So it'd be cool to imbue well, that character with a little I bit I think of... Rogue is like from Alabama or, you know, so they've got a few. Well, yeah, there's, the there's not, a lot but, of char- not a lot of comic book characters coming out of Alabama. So. That, that's true. But no, you bring up a good point, though, where you're basically saying New Orleans should play a, almost like as a city, a character within the show, kind of the way New York tends to play a character in a lot of movies like Scorsese films. And, yeah, I and think so. so. On. I mean, it's it's one of the, the main things I know about Gambit. And I mean, I don't know. Either either do it like legit or just like ignore the New Orleans connection. Just drop it. Completely. And See, I almost... do the Cajun accent because it's going to... I was going to say, if it were me, I think I would almost drop it. As much as I think that's a great opportunity and I think what you're saying is a really good idea, I worry about Channing Tatum doing that accent for the entire film and it being really distracting so just on that alone i would kind of drop the whole thing yeah. i am kind of uh, curious but but uh well anyway so again cbcu who do you guys and gals think should be the director for gambit who would you like to see please feel free to drop us a comment on the thread or via twitter or through our email and so on um other bit of casting news uh Someone that's already been in a thing before within the, uh, this show, but it has been confirmed that for Daredevil season two, uh, Stick is coming back. That's right, actor Scott Glenn, who I thought was great as Stick, and the the episode with Stick, I think, was um, the the reaction to it was somewhat divided. I was surprised to see that because I thought it was actually like the standout episode, um, and on a really good show, or like there was a lot of great episodes. Um, right. It, it maybe it was a little bit kind of ridiculous the storyline that they were trying to tell, but 
I like the connection. I, I like the stick character. I like that they at least tried to explain to you how Matt Murdock becomes Daredevil, and and that and I, I really like the way that they showed Stick as like this really like hard ass guy who never shows emotion. But then they have that little uh, that little twist where he actually keeps something. The bracelet. That, that, the little that, paper that bracelet. That Matt gives him as a kid. Um, I thought that was just so clever. Like it was a way of showing that, all right, there is a heart in there. You just don't see it, and no one else does. But the audience gets to see something that. that, that, that the Wait, is it? Do you not see it because they're, he's blind? <laughs> and... Yeah. <laughs> way to go, dude. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully, no, you know, physically disabled people listening to this podcast. Oh, uh, uh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I, I just thought that storyline was cool. And so I'm happy to see him back. And I guess it's not too much of a surprise because they, they hinted at, at the end of that episode, you see this character, I think, named Stone, who shows up. And you see his back. Um, so it almost makes sense. I mean, it makes perfect sense that they would want to continue that storyline. And Stick seems to be a, a central character in that. So not, not the most surprising news, but I guess nice to hear that we're going to see a little bit more of, of that character. Yeah, it's. I'm excited as well. Um, I like the character. Uh, I'm glad they're bringing him back. That's that's pretty much my whole take on the whole. That's fine. Thing. I mean, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to spend too much time on it. But probably the biggest casting news, and we did talk about uh-huh. this a little bit in previous episodes. But when it was in rumor stage, in the rumor stage yeah. has now been confirmed. Rachel McAdams, McA, uh, of True Detective season two fame of the not Notebook. Amy Adams. No. The notebook. Not, not Amy Adams. Not the Muppets. No. Not Wedding Crashers. We got it, dude. Relax. The, okay. No one's confusing one. her with Amy Adams. I think you're the only guy. I, I do it all the time. Um, sorry. Rachel McAdams. The Notebook. She was in Mean Girls. She was like the head Mean Girl. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple other things. So fe- so fetch. So so fetch. Um, she yeah. will be playing uh, Ciara. Is that right? Sarah? Cara? No. What? No. Clea? Clea? Uh, she will be playing pop sensation Ciara. Um, Clea, who is um, does have I guess some kind of like witchcraft powers. Yeah, she's like a sorceress yeah. in the comic. Uh, she's kind of an apprentice for Doctor Strange. In in some instances, she's been linked romantically yeah. to Doctor I Strange. I did a quick Google um, search, and one of the top images was a fan fiction drawing of hmm. her completely naked next to Doctor Strange. Yeah, not safe for work, ladies and gents. And my my question was. Is this actually fan fiction? And you just <laughs> you did. Yeah. You were like, uh, "Was this in a comic book?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> it was not. It was so not." So you're telling in me Marvel didn't book. publish an After Dark series? <laughs> they did have this thing called Marvel Knights that was a little darker, but not right. okay. that adult. No, no. Anyway, uh, Rachel McAdams. We've talked a little bit about her. I'm kind of hot and cold with her. Like I, I've liked her in a lot of stuff, and I've also been like really just not impressed with some of her other roles so mm-hmm. not sure what to think here but i mean she's going to be playing off of cumberbatch who is like one of the just the hottest uh actors going right now i don't mean physically mm-hmm. i just mean like very popular not, the, are you sure though well i sure don't, don't I, mean I, I think he's kind of weird looking i don't know is he actually like um, a is he actually a sex you know what he looks like i'm not trying to be like a you know like to, to, to parse on his his uh, mellow or right. whatever but he kind of looks like a praying mantis sometimes. He does, yeah. Have you, ever, have you looked at that? He looks like a praying mantis. Thing. I think he's a weird looking uh, guy, but whatever. I mean, he's I a fantastic actor. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna throw a name out there. Uh, another actress, actor, female actor, whatever that's been in a Marvel film. Pretty high profile name. Not hard to look at. Very, you know, a good actor, but her role within the film maybe not as great as people would like natalie portman in thor i I feel like rachel mcadams character might kind of fit that mold i feel like did i not make a very similar comment or my you may have Um, may have stolen your idea (laughs) it's fine i I almost feel like natalie portman is just kind of sleepwalking through her role in the thor movies i don't think she Mm -hmm. even like knows what's going on but um (laughs) I mean, she she even said like when she did Star Wars that she had never seen Star Wars or like, which is not a big deal, but like, I I don't Just know breaking how, nerds like, hearts how, all over the galaxy. Yeah, though. I don't know how immersed she gets into these roles. 
Yeah, no, not these, right? Like maybe Black Swan, you yeah, know, stuff right. like that. But yeah, in Black Swan, she's like, uh, awesome. But like in these comic book movies, a lot of it you kind of wonder like how much of this is just the paycheck. Like you get to use a, you know this person's name to sell some tickets, but their heart's not really fully into it, you know. Yeah, and that's a, I mean that's okay. I mean you can't have every character, every actor be like a diehard geek, right, like. Right. It would it would be ridiculous to have that as an expectation. I mean, these are actors. This is what they do. They play roles, and you know sometimes their hearts are in it, and sometimes it's not. But as long as they get the job done, who cares, right? I guess um, for me, like I I don't care if you're a geek or not. But it's like if you take a role like this, I, I would expect you to at least try to learn as much as you can of that character and just try mm, to true. do that character to the best true. of your abilities. Doesn't mean you have to like That's, become a comic book nerd. You just just do the research, you know? Yeah. That's true. That's a good. It, it's like you're right. Like doing the research, just like any other job. Like if you're going to play right. a, a scientist or a, you know a farmer or something, you would want to get kind of familiar with that whole scene. Right. Um, well, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Is this up to you? If you look to your left, you can wave goodbye because we are leaving the casting. I think corner. yeah. I think we've spent a good amount of time in the corner, but it's always a nice time to visit. And uh, you know, let's close the door, shut it, and just you know, don't lock it because we might be in there next week. So we we will come back, but. Say say uh, adios for now. Um, so here's here's some news. Uh, in the last pod, we had talked about this, where they were going to be adding an issue to the Secret Wars, uh, the the hit summer event of the summer, <laughs> right? Taking the uh, summer for comics, the summer event that's taking the summer, summer by, by storm. storm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're adding an issue, which I thought was a really cool thing. But now we're getting word that Secret Wars, the, the series, is going to wrap up in December. <laughs> it was originally supposed to wrap up, I believe, in October. Okay. And so now it's being pushed to December. Here's the other really weird kind of thing about that is all of the all-new, all-different Marvel books come out It's starting in November. So I'm so confused by this, too. I... Like, I think Secret Wars is now going to bleed over into those books, and technically events that haven't happened yet will be happening in those new books that haven't been resolved in Secret It's going to be kind of a mess, it seems like. Uh, and I'll be honest, it dampens my enthusiasm just a little bit. Yeah, me too, man. I don't... I mean, this seems like a weird... When you're doing a whole relaunch, it seems strange to just kind of be making these last-second changes like this. <laughs> right. I, uh, I don't know. I don't really get it. Um, it seems like a bad start. Like, if you really want to do the relaunch, like, try to do it as clean as possible and, like, really set up right. where all these characters don't are Don't confuse people. Yeah. yeah don't, don't start up a new series before the first one's ended. Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's strange. Like, I, I don't really get it. Maybe they just realized that, you know the first couple of issues of all of these new titles, you know, maybe are just kind of introductory issues anyway, and aren't going to go into that storyline. So it's not that big a deal. Um, right. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I, I, I already kind of talked about how I feel like the whole secret wars thing is feels kind of anticlimactic. Cause it's like, okay. I mean, we know who that all the characters are going to be, that they're going to be starting up all these new series. So like we know who's going to be around and right. you know the only guy i'm kind of looking at is like uh maybe reed richards doesn't make it because like i don't see him anywhere <laughs> but yeah. outside of that it's like you know most of these dudes are are going to have their own series so well you know you know another person that uh kind of speaking to that uh someone else that i don't really see in the in the previews or whatever is uh bruce banner you know yeah right so maybe maybe marvel's just like we don't want scientists anymore <laughs> or <laughs> they have something against scientists because so maybe, and then this yeah, kind of go ahead yeah go ahead no i I, ahead. I had a point to make to that but you can finish yours first or, i was just gonna say maybe that kind of leads into because i know they're doing the all new all different stuff and they're really pushing like a diverse cast of characters right and it actually was just released that uh, and this is kind of another little bit but like uh uh amadeus cho is who's an Asian character in the Marvel universe uh, is going to somehow assume the mantle of the Hulk, right? So, which has already gotten Mark you know, Ruffalo's so, blessing, from what I hear. I mean, essentially the Pope's blessing, yeah, right yeah. there. Not, not that it matters, but like, of course, Ruffalo would be in favor no, of that. Doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, no, what I was going to say but is, you, you were going to say that you know we've talked about how Marvel is trying to reposition itself with Iron Man as like 
I guess the the focal point or whatever, uh, or like just the, yeah. the most visible, I guess, character. Or, I don't know what, how you would describe it, but like. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, those are words you could use. Those are words you can use. So like, maybe they're eliminating the other scientist because they want him to like look really strong as like. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't really make him stand out as kind of the big brain of the Marvel U. I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's totally uh, totally plausible. Thank you. Is there anything... What? Was there, any, was there anything else about Iron Man that you wanted to touch on? This was my favorite news of the week, by the way. Uh, this made my week, and it's Friday, so like that's great. <sighs> the best yep. thing I heard is that Mary Jane... The Mary Jane, okay, the ex-wife of Peter Parker, is going mm-hmm. to be in the upcoming, soon-to-be groundbreaking Bendis. Uh, is it Michael Bendis? His first name, right? Yeah, Brian uh, Michael. Brian Bendis. Michael Bendis, Iron Man series, and they're teasing that they're going to be having a relationship on this in this oh, in this God. series. Say so, it like, ain't so. Not only. Is Iron Man taking Spider-Man's spot as the head, the top dog in Marvel? He's now banging his chick, dude. Like, he is just, he is. <laughs> I mean, do you feel disrespected just, like, personally as a Spider-Man fan? Like, that's got to feel like, yeah, oh, my man. God. You gotta, Where's. That's, I mean, dude, he is just playing Spider-Man right now. Okay. Okay. Wow. Where's Pepper Potts? Where is Pepper Potts right so now? That's how we like, even the odds here. Is we get Pepper to go with I, Peter? Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to do a wife way, swap scenario. I mean, how many peas are? I mean, Peter maybe. Parker's dating Pepper Pot. Like, try to say that shit fast. Peter Parker, Pepper. Oh wow! I know it's tough. Yeah. So here's here's the quote from Bendis. Uh, they know each other. She used to live in Avengers Tower. We're talking about Mary Jane. Yep. But that's all yep. I'm gonna say for now because what kind of relationship they end up having. Whew, that already sounds hot, is a big part of what I would like people to buy the book for. So, I mean, oh. that pretty much means banging, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, he oh. also says, what I can tell you is that this is new territory for both Tony and Mary Jane. So, maybe oh. some kinkiness. And that is pretty exciting <laughs> to me. Um, uh, what, if he does like a, yeah. what if he does like a comic book version of Fifty Shades of Grey with those two? <laughs> Fifty, oh 50 shades God. of red and gold. I'm so excited. All all of the explicit sex scenes, I'm going to just be like taking photos of and, and texting you constantly. Um, oh, God. I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. And you know what? Mary Jane, good for you. You know, you really, you found someone who is just, uh, you know, a more mature, smarter, you know, uh, what's the word to use? I guess just more intellectual person less reputable uh, uh, what no i wouldn't say that oh. um mm. invincible i would use that word uh, for sure okay uh no but uh exciting <laughs> news man i can't wait to see what happens here god uh yeah i don't i mean i don't there's not really a lot i can say i think everyone has heard how i felt <laughs> uh to this point it's distressing news for me um you know as a I, spider-man fan I, like how did you grow up with Mary Jane like being like a character that you almost as a fan kind of like fantasize about having as your own girlfriend? No, honestly, Just that was yes. never a thing. That's really okay. Oh, okay. No, but no, that's funny because a lot of people assume that because I am such a big Spider-Man yeah. fan. Um, and you know, they're... were you more of a Gwen Stacy without, guy? Without go, what... I, I do like Gwen Stacy. I think I like Gwen Stacy a little more. Yeah. The funny thing is, and I won't go into detail a lot of detail anyway. But there have been legit real life like moments where there were romantic s- scenarios with ladies where they're like, "Oh, he really likes Spider-Man. Like yeah. he really likes Mary Jane or he really likes, you know, Gwen Stacy and that and and you know, oh, so, wait, and I was just have... like, "Oh, I do I do like those. They're they're fictional characters like did you ever have a girl know. be like you can call me mary tonight or something like that uh not quite that okay. but <laughs> kind of in that direction wow i'll leave it at, that. at that don't want to don't want to kiss a tell but yeah, that's a different podcast um, <laughs> well, this is this is we'll do combo characters after dark uh yeah, we should time. do that yeah. we should do like a maybe like a one-time 
or maybe not even one time, just maybe like a once a month, like just completely off the wall, unrated yeah. CBC. That's after hilarious, dark kind of thing. man. Okay, well, uh, sorry. I mean, I know that must be distressing news for you, but it looks like it Tony is uh, has got his sights set on uh, on Peter's old gal. And Tony, t- Tony is a charismatic guy. I mean, I don't know what she Peter's could do up worse. to these days. She could he, do worse. He, she she could do worse. She could do worse. Definitely. Um, and Peter's not always that great to Mary Jane. Obviously, if they're divorced, he's he's messed up. Yeah, so, um, I am curious to see where it goes. Brian Michael Bendis is an amazing writer, especially at doing relationship dialogue. I heard and, yeah. and kind of banter. He's really good at that. I also heard Mary Jane um, complain that Peter sometimes shoots his webs a little prematurely. Mm, yeah, my webs. <laughs> uh, oh, Neil, Mary Jane, my webs. Oh. <laughs> They've gotten all loose. That's perfect, dude. I wish I remember the guy yeah. playing Spider-Man so I could do like a bit about him being in the studio, but I don't remember his name. Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom but... Holland's here with us, everyone. Thanks for thanks for <laughs> showing up, Tom. Your problem, blokes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there is no there's no segue for this. Um, I had again the 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 great um, pleasure to attend this year's alamo city comic-con here in san antonio texas it was a three-day event and you went uh, all Stanley three days was the i went all wow. three days friday saturday sunday i i literally opened to close friday opened to close saturday and like three-fourths of the day sunday no okay. i should have that would have been cheaper probably right. um i did i have like a like you know like a fitbit like a tracker thing oh yeah I walked over 21 miles in those three you days. Got, what? I, I'm How not big joking. is this place? It's in a gigantic convention center. And they fill it, it up? I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for it's, you. Yeah, it was, I was like over 21 uh, miles. It's pretty crazy. Um, I just want to touch on a, a few quick highlights. I uh, uh, So the, the guest of honor was Stan Lee, and um, I got to see his panel. I, I didn't get to speak to him directly or ask him any questions or anything. But he, you know, again, like I got to see him last year. It was really cool that, that San Antonio got him for a second year in a row. Uh, looked great. Super healthy. Um, I know that we had we had that scare, uh, that report about him going to the hospital a few months yeah, back. Right. He, he looked fine. I mean, he seriously looked full of energy, uh, really funny, really sharp. Did you see him actually walking at any point? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Okay. I saw him walk. He's wearing a members-only jacket. Oh, sweet. You know? Which was yeah, pretty boss, and uh, you know he. Do you think people you think kept? It's funny. Maybe fun. no one's just told him that that's out of style. Like no one will actually have the balls to go up to Stanley. Yeah, no. Or do you think he wears no it way anyone's? Uh, no, I think no one's telling yeah, him. Okay. I think I think nobody's telling. The funny thing is, and and you know, having grown up as a as a actual comic book fan from when I was a little kid, uh, at the panel, you know, they do the Q and A where people can walk up and ask a question on the microphone. Right. Almost everybody's asking him about his cameos in the movies because I guess, you know, a lot of people know him. They know who he is, but they also really know him from the movies, like his cameo role. And it's funny because, like, when you and, think about his body of work, it's it's probably the most, like, minuscule aspect. That is, like, a that's the half of 1% fraction yeah, of right. his, right, of his portfolio. Um, and, but he's super gracious about it. Like, he never – you know he gets asked the same stupid fucking 10 well, questions. Well, the thing is, I mean – Stanley, um, Stanley has always, even from the beginning when he started at Marvel, wanted mm-hmm. to turn Marvel storylines into movies. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he has yep. no issue talking about it because this has always Not been his end goal was to make these movies. So um, I'm sure I'm sure it actually makes him quite happy to, to see that this many people are connecting with the movies and remember his roles in them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he is a su- he's he's in a super great mood about the whole thing. Um, and again, I can't stress this enough. Can't think of any jokes off the top of my head, but he's just very quick, very funny. I had my mom uh, was with me on that day, and and she went to that panel, and she just came away from it just saying, "Oh my god, I can't believe how funny he is. Like, he's legitimately <laughs> right. very, very funny, and he is." Um, I'll I'll speak on two other guests that I actually saw, and I, these guys I actually did get to speak to directly one on one. Um. Uh, the first one is a guy uh, that I I don't know how familiar you're with, but I know you know his artwork. He's uh, Bob Layton. Uh, Bob Layton is a Mar- was a Marvel artist um, for for a long time uh, in the 70s and 80s, but he's most well known for doing a really long run on Iron Man, 
Including the and, Demon uh, in the Bottle, right? He did the Demon in the Bottle yeah. cover, right. So the, the, that's probably the most famous Iron Man cover yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, out there. It's it's tremendous. I have that. I'm lucky enough to own that comic, and it's it's a really great comic. Uh, I don't know if anyone has drawn, like, p- panicked face better than the cover of that Iron Man. So you look it's kind of funny that you. But anyway, yeah. It's kind of funny that you say that because one of the questions I actually got to ask him was, um, you know, because he was talking. Oh, I guess I'll preface it by saying this. He started off by saying, "I hate Iron Man." Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's literally how he started. Like in your um, own the, like conversation with him, or how 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 was this set up? This was at the panel. This was at the panel. Like, so he was I speaking to an audience. I didn't speak to him one on one, but this was to an audience, okay, okay. right? He goes, I hate Iron Man, and he just kind of laughed. And he goes, What was the audience I'm reaction? To that? Did that get claps? They everyone laughed. Like, did that get you know, claps too, laughed. or just kind of? No, they just okay, laughed. Right. Uh, but but he went on to say, Iron Man was the character I hated the most at Marvel, <laughs> and and when they, uh, he was drawing some other book, they were going to cancel Iron Man because the sales weren't doing well. Yeah, and and. He's like they they were like, "Well, do you want to do Iron Man?" He's like, "No." <laughs> what? And they're like, "Do you want to get paid?" He's like, "Yeah." And then like, "Do you have to do Iron Man?" He's like, "Fine." Do you know like and, roughly what he, era that was or what year that was? Uh, it's he, I know he started around issue 110, 115 somewhere in there. Okay. I'll look it up while so, you talk. It's like 70s. It's the late 70s, early 80s, I think. Um but but you know, he basically said, "Okay, I'll do Iron Man," but he along with the writer, they were close. They go, we'll take, we'll do Iron Man, but we want to do like a bunch of different stuff than what's going on right now. Like he, he didn't like the book. He didn't like the character. He felt that uh, that Tony Stark was just a mannequin, and like all the focus was on Iron Man in the suit. And he just thought, he's like, to me, Tony Stark was the star. Tony Stark was the interesting character, not Iron Man. And he's like, I put a lot of myself in that character, right? And. So anyway, later on, I got to ask him a question. Oh, so one of the things was, and this is really funny. I'm going to actually buy the issue pretty soon when I can get a hold of it. But he said there's a story arc. It's like two or three issues. It's around issue 116. When they start uh, doing the book, he goes, I hated all of the Iron Man characters. He was fighting like <laughs> ape men and bear men and like tiger men. He's like, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. He goes, he's fighting a zoo. He's like, who wants to see a guy fight a zoo? This is stupid. This guy was hilarious. We fought a way. zoo. Yeah. And we fought a zoo. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Man. Anyway, he, so he goes, so he goes, what we did was, and he goes, and you can go read the comic. He goes, on a couple of pages, we literally made a bomb and we blew everyone up. <laughs> we just killed everyone. He, we killed all of those stupid characters. That's awesome. like, I didn't want to write them. I didn't want to draw them. Right. I was done. And we wanted to start fresh. And so what happened was they ended up doing the book for about half a year, almost a year. And then they got the sale because the sales lagged behind, at least back then, with comics for a couple of months. And the sales were really, really good once Leighton got on the book. So they ended up keeping the book. They didn't cancel it. And, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But but what uh, what Leighton was saying is that he wrote a lot of himself in the book. You know, he goes, um, one time John Favreau, because he was actually on the set on Iron Man 1 and right. 2 as the consultant for Marvel. And John Favreau, he told a story about how John Favreau went up to him at one point and said, Robert Downey Jr. owes his career, owes his resurgence to you. Oh, wow. Because the version of Iron Man and Tony Stark that we see in the movies is basically the Tony Stark that Leighton did on his run. It's like a real snarky, kind of arrogant. Like, that all started with Leighton. So so Favreau was inspired by, by that era, I guess, of Iron Man when he was... Yeah, when he was putting that movie, when he was deciding to create, yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, honestly, Which, that fits perfectly in with Robert Downey Jr. because like his best roles right. have really been, I mean, with the exception when of Chaplin, have been that kind of character. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, anyway, the question I asked Layton was, you know, because he said, you know, I wrote a, I, I, write, I helped write and I drew the character with a lot of me in it, and so I asked them, I go, well. You know the the most famous issue is Demon in a Bottle. You know, and this was your question when you went up to the mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I go, 
you know, if you say a lot of you is in in this character, I'm like, you know, without getting too into it, how close is that? Like, were you dealing with things like that? Nice. Dude. Oh, wow. You went you went and deep. He here. goes, yeah, I went deep. Uh, journalism training. Nicely done, uh, dude. You know, uh, Garlock <laughs> listening. You're not listening, but <laughs> inside joke that is a um, journalism professor. But uh, so, yeah. yeah um, OK, anyway, I'm dying to hear uh, what uh, what he said. What was the answer? Yeah. So he goes he just goes bingo. Nice. He goes, he goes, let's just say that I was dealing with some demons, too, and it wasn't a stretch to go from what I was dealing with to what he was dealing with. And then he goes, and even and even more so, when I got to meet Robert Downey Jr. and we got to speak on set and stuff, he has that kind of background, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Very publicized. And, and it tur- <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. And so it turns out that Leighton and Robert Downey Jr. actually kind of visited a lot of the same places in New York around the same time. Oh, wow. So they were in the same – did they and actually he, ever cross paths? He doesn't really know. He said that <laughs> I guess he might have, would, but right? like – yeah, they were like two out of right. it. But so anyway, Layton was a really cool guy, real uh, uh, just a real guy's guy, real funny. He uh, he hates Iron Man three, by the way. Really, uh, that's funny. It's kind of funny. Is, what, what did he, he say hate, about it? The reason he hates it is uh, the director uh, Shane Black. Yep. I think is yep. his name. It's the guy who did Kiss Kiss Bang yep. Bang. Uh, he goes, look, I I think it's kind of like what you said earlier. Actually, is that he goes. I'm not saying that all actors and directors and writers that do comic book movies have to be super giant nerds with this stuff. It helps, but you don't have to. But at the same time, he goes, you have to know what you're what you're doing and you have to know the, the thing that you're making. If you're going to do an opera on a on a stage, you know, like in a like right. a straight up Italian opera, you have to know what an opera is, and you have to know the tropes of an opera. He goes, "You have people in Hollywood," and he's like, "And this is changing for the most part, but you know, there's still people like Brett Ratner and Shane Black." He goes, "That are in Hollywood, and they are Hollywood guys. They're not comic guys. They don't know anything about comics. They don't understand." how character development works in comics. They don't, they're just, that's not who they are. And they, he's like, but the thing that's obnoxious about it, he goes, is they could give two shits less about it. He's like, they don't even try to learn about it. They don't even, they don't want to be part of that world in any way. They're just making a film. Yeah. You know, and that really rubbed him the wrong way. I mean, he went on a great length about that. Um, I can kind of see both sides. Like I, 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 I totally see what he's saying, but I also think that sometimes having an outsider's perspective can actually bring something new and fresh. Something new, right? Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, you know, I wasn't against Iron Man three. I and I've been, I've said it on the show. Even though this movie has, for the most part, from most of my friends and comic book fans that I know, uh, did not like this movie. I'm one of the few that actually dug it. Uh, not that I thought it right. was amazing, but I thought it was definitely better than Iron Man two. Um, by quite a bit Um, but I actually liked the fact that Iron Man or Tony Stark is actually out of the suit for most of the movie I thought that was really cool I thought what they did with Mandarin was pretty cool too Uh, and a lot of people hated that but I I knew going in that you couldn't do the Mandarin from the comics so to kind of you know turn that on its head and make it like that the Mandarin's like this completely different character and and to swerve the audience because like I, I don't know i guess i just don't it was a huge swerve, i never yeah. I, I don't i don't get that feeling in movies anymore where i'm just like completely swerved completely just like blindsided by something that was one of the few well, moments in the last 10 years where i'm sitting in the movie theater going like holy yeah. shit i did not see that coming at all um <laughs> and that's you cool and i like coming? that and that's kind of stuff i like in movies i like when they take chances like that so yeah anyway um so you didn't see that coming? <laughs> i did not see that coming uh, yeah yeah so i'll just tell two real quick stories about uh bob layton and then uh we'll move on to, to a couple other things uh the guy that he hates the most and i i don't if you want to look this up i can't i don't know what his name is can't think of it right now the director for green lantern <laughs> let me look that up because <laughs> i don't know it. he 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 was just like people asked him like what you know because he, he had very strong opinions about comic book movies and how they should be done and he goes, you know, they asked him, what was the worst offender in your mind? And he didn't, like, skip a beat. Like, he was just like, Green Lantern. He's like, Green Lantern is the biggest piece of shit. He's like, it's a terrible movie. It's a terrible comic book movie. The director is Martin like, feel... Campbell. 
There you go. Yeah, Martin Campbell. And and he goes, I feel bad for Ryan Reynolds. Hopefully he'll redeem himself in Deadpool. Blah, 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 blah. By the way. It was just funny because he, he really, really hated uh Martin Ryan Campbell Hattie. directed Casino Royale, 007 wow. Goldeneye, and The Mask of Zorro. All movies that I think are pretty well regarded. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, the last Zorro, real quick. I don't actually remember Zorro. <laughs> I don't uh, remember much of Zorro, except that I remember like, that was the Mendes. first time I saw uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and I just remember thinking, like, oh, my God, who is this? So it's really less about Martin Campbell's, uh, you know, talent as the more Catherine Zeta-Jones For me, it was. Yeah, talent. I was like, right. I need to know uh, more about this person. The other thing, real quick, this is just a final little story. So if you've ever, uh, for the, everyone out there in the CBCU, if you've ever seen Tropic Thunder, there's a character that Tom Cruise plays. He's like a, a movie producer oh, right. yeah, or yeah. studio exec. And uh, he just plays this total piece of shit asshole, right. and he's amazing. He's really, it's yeah, really, it's he's really his good. Best performance ever. It's really good. It's it's really really good. That char- Bob Layton just flat out said that character. I know for a fact, hundred percent fact, is based off of Fox's studio exec, um, Alan Young. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and he goes, if you want to know why, like X Men Origins Wolverine exists why x-men 3 the last stand happened he's like that's that's all alan young he's like fantastic four alan young he goes that's all alan young he's like he's like it's a hundred percent alan that's hilarious which is really funny uh so anyway so if i just kind of wanted to bring that back because we you know we've talked a lot at great length as to why fantastic four is so terrible that sounds like a fascinating panel like usually a lot of times, like a lot of stuff doesn't really come out of it, but it seems like he was really candid and gave a lot of behind oh, the scenes he was stuff. Great. So that's he was great. And awesome. not only that, he wanted to go. He wanted to talk more about Iron Patriot and War Machine because he sort of created those oh, characters cool. or the War Machine anyway. Uh, he created Roddy, by the way, uh, oh. co-created. Uh, but there, he was like in a lawsuit, and part of the lawsuit, it was it's already done with, but he can't talk about it. Like, oh wow! He's like he's like yeah. He's like I want to talk about it, but I can't. He's like I'm just gonna say. Two, three, you know, four words to you: War Machine, Iron Patriot, and that's he just goes that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so just kind of take it from there. The last last thing with him is that I actually bumped into him into the men's restroom. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he re- he re- he recognized me because you know I had talked to him before and I had also asked him questions at the panel, and he remembered me. And uh, you know we're washing our hands, and he looks around and there's no uh, no paper towels. And he looks over, and they have those uh, those toilet seat cover yeah. little things. And he just looks at me, and he goes, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and he just grabs a whole bunch of them and starts using them as paper towels. <sighs> and then he left. He's I was hoping guy. you would say he was going to recreate the cover of uh, <laughs> Demon, uh, Demon in the Bottle. <laughs> just look at the mirror with a huge panic face. Yeah. Anyway, uh, man. that's really cool, yeah, dude. He... That's really cool. But uh, it was a really great experience. Uh, one other person, uh, I'll, I'll make this super quick, but... The other person that I actually got to speak to directly and uh, one-on-one and actually saw his panel was a guy by the name of Chad Harden, uh, who is the primary artist on Harley Quinn. And, uh, you know, I made it a point to see this panel. Uh, Harley Quinn, by the way, Harley Quinn and Deadpool, if you just go by – if you just go by who people are dressed up as, those are by far the two most – popular characters in comic books right now right. uh deadpool and harley quinn's till the day till the cows come home right. um but i got to see his panel uh, a really nice guy um his dad used to work like on a not quite like an oil field like some kind of thing where he had to dig dig a lot of holes and he talked about how like his basic motivation for being an artist was i don't want to have to dig holes for the rest of my life <laughs> So that was like his motivation. But, you know, the interesting thing is, so he's been writing or drawing Harley Quinn for a while. And if you've seen the Harley Quinn that's out there now in the DC comics, uh, you know, she's still attractive because, you know, it's a comic book character. But she's very, very human looking. Like she's not outrageously proportioned or anything. She looks like, you know, I think she's supposed to be like a mid-20s girl. Right. And she looks like a, an attractive, cute mid twenties girl, like body wise and, and whatever. And he he said the main uh, reasoning behind that he has three daughters, and they, he's like they all love Harley Quinn. And he's like, and I 
I wanted them to have a character that they could see that wasn't like overly sexualized. And, uh, you know, he's like, unfortunately in comic books, you know, almost every character, male and female are just way, the sexualization is amped to 11. He's like, and that's fine. Like he wasn't trying to say that there was anything wrong with that necessarily. He just said there's, it's just that though. Like, you know, it's every character is like that. It's like, there's no diversity. And, um, you know, but he said he got a lot of backlash from fans initially, but that everyone's kind of come around to it. And uh, so I thought that was really interesting. He also, uh, real quickly, uh, again, this is Chad Harden uh, on Harley Quinn. He <laughs> was very um, candid about his feelings about other artists and writers at DC and what they were doing with other characters. Right. And for the most part, he hates what everyone is doing at DC with all of their characters and stuff. In like the, he's just like, yeah, in the comics, he's just like, he's like, I love green Lantern as a character, but what the fuck is Jeff Johns <laughs> doing with green Lantern right now? <laughs> like, I'm just like, Whoa, dude, Jeff Johns is like the main writer at DC. Like that's kind of funny. And, uh, it shows you, you how know, much he was shit just... talking must be happening all the time between these guys. Right? right. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like it kind of takes you behind the curtain yeah. and like, just cause all these people work with each other or they work under a, a main company does not necessarily mean they're all fans of each other or that they even get along. Right. And a lot of guys like probably jump, you know, between DC and, and Marvel too, or have had experience for definitely. both, you know, definitely, definitely. But it was a, it was a really interesting panel as well. He actually teased, Oh, here we go. This will be a little nice little tidbit for the CBC universe. He did tease that Harley, because uh, in the comics, Joker hasn't been uh, interacting with Harley for quite a while, for a year or two, uh, you know, and they're supposed to be famously a couple or whatever. Right. He said that very soon that will change. He said Joker will be coming back into Harley Quinn's life, but he didn't go into specifics as, as to what capacity. He said, but he will definitely be featured in the comic moving forward very, very soon. So there's a little heads up. Cool for UCBC viewers out there that read the comic. Nice, dude. It sounds like it was a really good time. It was a great time. I love meeting all the... I met a lot of local artists and stuff, if we had more time. And maybe I'll share some more stories later on as I I remember them and as they kind of flow into our conversation. But yeah, it was a great time. Ton of cosplayers. Um, Who was the best one you saw? (sighs) I saw... I remember um, at San Diego Comic Con, I saw this insane-looking Thanos... The only weird thing about it is that he looked awesome, but his, like, for some reason, his, the gauntlet looked like it was made, like, in two minutes. Like, it looked like shit. But everything else. Oh, right. You you said everything looked great with that. Um, So, actually, Tim Hennessy, former correspondent. Oh, that's right. Oh, I think I saw a photo of it. Wasn't he Iron Man? He was Iron Man. And he actually had a suit where, like, it was electronic and, like, missile things came up. What? like, Like, in and out. And. Yeah, dude. Do we have a photo I mean, of this? Can we post the, this online? Fr- oh, yeah. We will be posting this. I took a picture with him, but not just him. I mean, his was mm, – it was great. But he actually – he and his group of friends, they did a whole Avengers thing. There was Hawkeye. There was Black Widow. There was Captain America. Um, so they all had movie – very, very movie-accurate cosplay for the Avengers That's so movie. Cool. It was amazing. Uh, the other one that I would say really stood out, um, there was a Ghost Rider that was really cool. He had flames. It wasn't real fire, but he had, like, flames on his Cardboard skull. flames. I don't really remember what they were made yeah. out of. It was really cool. And then the other one was, and my mom, <laughs> my mom freaked out. There was a guy dressed as Captain America who looked so much like Chris Evans. It was insane. Well, he must have been popular. I mean, he looked like he could have been Chris Evans' uh, stunt double. Really? Like, so just I'll, in, I'll try just, to find that picture. Just his face or, like, actually built like Chris Evans? Uh, I mean, he was a little built, but he's smaller. He was smaller than Chris Evans, but yeah, his face looked a lot like wow. Chris Evans. I so. bet that guy would have been was very popular at that place. Uh, I saw a lot of ladies taking yeah. a picture with, with that the guy. four women yes. that were there. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know a lot of women actually go to these comic cons. I'm always surprised. No, by yeah, how many women there well, are. in San Antonio, yeah. you know, I know comic cons tend to have this stigma of it just being a bunch of nerdy yeah, it's not, dudes. It's not the case. Um, not the case, especially in San Antonio. A lot of family, a lot of kids. Um, oh, the last, last, last thing. China was there. The wrestler. Oh, nice. <laughs> she looks so weird, man. She looks like a soccer mom. Um, I think I have a picture. I'll Did try she to like post it deflate? Is she not like as jacked as she is? She looks a lot smaller. That's like funny. I guess she's off the steroids or yeah. whatever. Like, 
She's much smaller. She's like half the size. By the way, I already got my next cosplay thing lined up for whenever uh, there's another Comic-Con. I'm going to go as Tony Stark, and I'm going to get my wife to be Mary Jane, and we're just going to make out the entire time. God. And the thing is, your wife has like a similar hairstyle, or she could just wear yeah. a wig. I, she, could, she really could just pull it off. I'm really annoyed by the whole thing. Oh. Right I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna periscope it live to you, so you can see me doing it. <laughs> God, dude. Okay, I guess on that note. You think she changes her um, name to Mary Stark? Uh, on that note, um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we will uh, catch you guys next week with the latest news, the news of the week, probably another casting corner. Uh, but until then. Fortress of Potitude is closed. Everyone stay super. Later, guys.